I would have so, never thought that I would be a financial person. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. I never wow. seen myself doing this. Wow. Well, I can't wait to connect with you. Connectors, you have heard the voice of Mr. Christopher Kelson, aka The Money Coach, and I am Alexia Marche Plummer, host of and the plug of Amps Connected Podcast. Connectors, you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast, and let's get connected. We are connected. Okay, Mr. Money Coach. Tell me, first of all, how did you get the name Coach, Money Coach Chris? How did you get your name? I got the name. My name, obviously, is Chris, right? Christopher. And it just had a ring to it. Um... I felt like I wanted to separate myself from other people that do what I do. So I said I had to make me coaching people financially into a brand. Mm. And I just thought that Money Coach Chris was very catchy. It was very fly. Um, I pride myself on kind of not just being a money coach, but also making myself look good um, in terms of how I carry myself and how fly I am. So it was like Money Coach Chris is catchy. (laughs) It's good. And I felt like, man, hey, I, I, I can... I feel myself going into speaking engagements and that just connect with people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it definitely connected with me, money coach, Chris. So this is a person, his name is Chris, obviously, and he can coach me with my money. And I think this is like the perfect time to connect with you because the holidays are coming up and people are spending money, even though we are, in this pandemic, we've only gotten one stimulus help, you know, but yep. I, I want to get some tips on, you know, coming up, spending money, how we can save our money, but still have a decent holiday. But before yep. we do all of that, right. I want to know, you're from Baton Rouge. I am. And I'm from Baton Rouge. I, okay. So I know, I, I know my experience of Baton Rouge, but connectors are for all around the world and I would love for them to get to know Baton Rouge or know a little bit about Baton Rouge through your eyes. So what was your experience like growing up in Baton Rouge? I had a great experience. Um, I come from a a solid family, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, so I had a great experience. My dad never was in my life, but my grandfather stepped in and he helped my mom raise me. She was a teenage mother. And, um, but I, my grandmother was an evangelist, so it was a church upbringing. They taught me values, morals, integrity, keeping your word. And, um, for the most part, I grew up in the hood, but I didn't know I was in the hood at the time when I was growing up because, you know, other people that look like you, y'all just kind of having fun and things of that nature. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have a crazy, crazy childhood. My childhood didn't get kind of crazy to when my grandfather died. Um, at the age when I was 17. And that's when I kind of started to veer left and kind of dibbling down with the streets and and just go in a separate direction. But for the most part, I had a great life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me, what's one of your earliest memories? Oh, man, like that, that, that's meaning what, like, just in life? Like, okay, so... 
Huh. When I think about Baton Rouge and one of my earliest memories, or maybe not earliest memories, but one of my things I love about Baton Rouge is yeah. going to Tony's and getting some boudin. So okay. yeah, I see where so, you're going. So what you part know, of Baton Rouge are you from? I okay, so I um Glen Oaks area. I was born. That was like where my first house was. Then we moved to Baker. Wow. Um, okay. My, my family. I'm sorry. My grandparents from Baker. I'm okay. Baker. Okay. Yeah. Um, my yeah. family is from Ethel, Louisiana. So I'm a I country first. girl all okay. the way. All salute the way. To, salute to Ethel. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much. And so I guess an early memory, real memory growing up for me would be going to Ethel, Louisiana and right. spending every weekend in the country riding horses or, you know, just playing with yeah. my cousins outside somewhere. So, yeah, same for me. So I'm from Sherwood Forest, uh, okay. but I'm from not like the good part of Sherwood Forest. We call it Sherwood. Uh, from like the poverty side, um, I went to Ballard High School. So okay. my memories growing up, I kind of was like you. Um, I would go to South Baton Rouge. I know you familiar with South Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. um, I would go to South Baton Rouge during the summer and every weekend, my auntie, she stayed down there and my cousin, which was her grandson, we grew up like brothers. Mm -hmm. So every weekend, I would be excited to leave Sherwood and go to South Baton Rouge. My mom was pretty strict, so I had freedom. My auntie just kind of believed in boys going to be boys. So we could, like, leave the house all day, go play basketball, football, come back dirty. And mm -hmm. We got to jump in the tub. And she just kind of no curfew type of right. stuff. So I just remember she died years ago from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. um, but just her name was Auntie Pat. But I just remember all those years and those summers going to Auntie Pat house, you know, in South Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how, what inspired you to become a money coach? Okay. So that, so that's a great question, but I'm going to give you an answer. You probably wasn't thinking of. Okay. So nothing inspired me to become a money coach. I became a money coach and I have to give nothing but thanks to God um, from me being an artist. So I'm a local rap artist here in Baton Rouge. That's mm -hmm. what I do. Everybody in Baton Rouge know me as a rapper. Okay. Um, wait. So we're going to pause for the cause then. And okay. if you want to like do a little doo-wop pop thing, do a what do you do. Yeah. Okay. Do you, I want to hear something. Okay. So I got a song out right now called Faith Cry for the People. Okay. So like the verse starts off, I say, ain't it ironic how a social mask Cover emotions that we really not supposed to mask. COVID-19 got us scared, so we post a mask. Got real stoners contemplating should they smoke and pass. Your hope is trash if you pray and then promote what's bad. See, optimism is the strength and not a hopeless task. The time ticking, I'm persistent, so I focus fast. See, time different like a watch that got a broken rash. View it like a broken rash. Don't let your mouth write a check that you don't supposed to cash. I get upset if my mind and my vocals clash. Talk to myself, no, never mind. I should go to class. Chalkboard full of broken chalk. Teacher got a broken past. But in the midst of it all, we still the same. Barbaric and inhumane. Tumultuous and insane. I can go on and on, but you got to go check the record out. It's called I will. Faith Cry. I will. It's, uh, it's a dope record for the people. It's called mm -hmm. Faith Cry featuring Samuel Maurice. And I talk about us being in a pandemic right now. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But you also said some things in there. You said um, the broken chalk. Chalkboard full of broken chalk. Teacher got a broken pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> I was just talking with, um, on a previous episode, um, a candidate for Metro Council District 10. So if you um, are in District 10, vote for Carolyn Coleman. Okay, um, yes, I, I'm familiar with Ms. Coleman. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Well, she and I were talking about education, and I know that Louisiana is ranked like 49th, maybe. Yeah, really low, really low. And it really bothers me, uh, like, when our children don't have the proper resources. And I like how you use that. Like, why don't we have things that aren't broken, you know, for our children? And then right. like give our, give our teachers the help that they need to give our children a better education. Right. Um, so, oh, I, I'm liking this. And then we also talked about, Miss um, Coleman and I, we talked about, teaching our children finance at an early age and not yes. just, you know, after uh, college you're in debt because in college you racked up all these bills and you got a credit card. So I would love to hear actually a listener letter talked about that. So that's a coming later, Okay. Um, but talk, talk more about what inspired yeah. you to become a money coach. Yeah. So, the music. So the my passion for music. Um, my rap name in Baton Rouge. I started off with it was called Lil Box B O X X, right? And then I evolved and I changed it to Box the Hungry Genius. But for so many years, me rapping, I would always have to balance my rap lifestyle with being a father and working a full time job. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point in my life. Um, Alexia, where I just felt like, man, I had done so much that I can do with the full-time job with my rap career. Mm -hmm. I knew I needed freedom to go travel and build some fans on the road, but it was hard to do that working a job, you know, mm -hmm. and any entrepreneur, I know you call your, your, your community, the connectors, anybody can attest to this because it's like, man, you want to chase your goals and your dreams, but then you still have to take care of reality, which is your mm -hmm. family and your bills, right? So I prayed. I'm very spiritual. I asked God to bless me with an extra hustle. Two days later, after I said that prayer, I met a guy by the name of Charles Harris. That was my mentor. He's my mentor now. But I met him, never knew him, never seen him in my life. And he said, hey, man, I'm in business for myself. I love to sit down with you and show you what I do. Mm -hmm. At that time in my life, I was so frustrated with my job that any opportunity that would have presented itself, long as it was legal, I was open to it. I always had been a hustler my whole life. I sat down with Charles, make a long story short. He showed me the financial business. And I said, man, I know I can do this. I say, but I want, my goal is not to make a lot of money. I was already making money at my job. I said, I need the freedom to travel and go do what I love, which is music. Yeah. And he said, I give you my word. He said, if you do everything that I teach you, he said, you can leave your job and go do what you want to do. He wow. kept his word. He trained me. I kept my job. He trained me part-time for about 90 days. And then it went from what I was making in a week at my job, working in the financial business. I started to make what was what I was making in a week in one hour. Oh, wow. So I'm like, okay, wow. I'm like, okay, I could bet on myself. And I took a leap of faith um, probably a few months after that. And I went full-time into my business after that. And um, that's what got me into it. My, my passion for music. 
I always loved helping people, but I never lied to anybody and say, oh, man, I always wanted to be a financial coach. Mm-hmm. That was ordained by God. But mm-hmm. when I got into it, I fell in love with it because I know how to connect with people. I, I have a heart for helping people. And I come from the poverty standpoint. So I'm able to relate to people when I sit down with them. Mm-hmm. So I fell in love with becoming a money coach, even though that wasn't that wasn't in my agenda in my life at all. You know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is so interesting. And I can attest to the hustles. I love a good side hustle. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I am forever looking for a side hustle. So, okay. Weird question. What has been your weirdest or oddest job? Okay. So number one, how many jobs you think I've had in my life? Just guess. I don't know. I, I've, I don't. I've had, I've had over forty-seven jobs in my. Oh life. wow! Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So, oh man, I didn't. The weirdest job I probably okay. had. Okay. Let me ask this then. I'm gonna pause and go. Okay. Because I know everyone is wondering, what age were you when you started your first job? Um, about thirteen. Okay. I was in uh I was in a LSYU program, LSU program. Yes, I'm fam- I'm familiar with that program. I was in LSYU, so okay. they did job placement assistance every year after you went the first year. So I always had a a part time summer job. Okay, um, through LSYU, yep, at 13. But I got my first official job at McDonald's that had nothing to do with LSYU. Mm-hmm. At 16, where I had to actually go fill out a job application. Mm-hmm. So 16 without the LSU backing. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then to the original question, what was your oddest or weirdest <coughs> job? Um, I would say uh, maybe working at the library. I've had so many jobs, man. Um, I would say probably working at the library because I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I love talking like you. They had me way at the top with some elderly people and we was putting like paperbacks on the books and they would just look over every five minutes and be like, shh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't, what is, what is going on? You know? So that, they had to be like one of the most weirdest jobs that I probably mm-hmm. had. But for the most part, my jobs always was labor jobs. Cause I mm-hmm. never went to college. So I just figured in my mind, even though I was smart, I'm like, without a degree or any paperwork behind me, just a high school diploma, I'm like, oh, a labor job is probably going to hire me because I'm putting, they're going to pay me more because I'm putting strain on my body. So I was a janitor. Um, I've picked up trash. I've, I've uh, cleaned buildings for a living. I've, I've worked at JCPenney. I, I, I type 70 words per minute. So I've worked at Converges. Uh, I worked for the deaf uh I forgot what uh, what the Hamilton relay with the deaf community. So I've had so many different jobs, but the wow. oddest, I guess, is putting paperbacks on books at the library. That was just too boring for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think the oddest job. I don't know if it's odd or if it's just because people are doing it now. But when I was in high school, I used to sell knockoff bags. Um, So I don't know if 
I don't know. No, that ain't odd. That ain't odd. But I was so cute. I had like a little binder and I had like umbrellas and um, suitcases and of course bags, like purses. Um, Yeah. yeah. Now I wouldn't say that's odd. I mean, you always was a hustler. It sounds like me. I sold CDs. I was a bootleg in high school. So, so, you know, double salute to you, man. You a hustler just like me. But okay. so many people was doing that back then, not from the female standpoint, but a lot of dudes that I knew, they were selling like the fake G Knights and the fake Jordans back then, but people was buying them, you know? Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that. I was getting your hustle on, you know? That's that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So I guess speaking of hustles, Christmas is coming up. Correct. And we are in a pandemic. Are you excited? I am very excited. I am very excited. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Black Friday just because I want to get some stuff for, you know, my business. So not necessarily personal, but, you know, yeah. I don't know, maybe a new mic or some lighting. That's, I don't good. Know. That's um, good. How about you? Are you excited about Black Friday? Christmas? Well, Thanksgiving is coming up before Black yeah. Friday, too. So Correct. how about you? I got a turkey baby. So my son was born on Thanksgiving on his mom's birthday. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, exactly. So I have a turkey baby. So uh, Thanksgiving is going to be food and gifts for him and, um, you know, just to see family and friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited about Christmas, but I'm also excited about Black Friday, like you said, because I'm looking at that as an opportunity to invest back in myself. And mm-hmm. I like that you said that, get you a new mic, you just investing back into yourself, you know? So yeah, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is, this episode is being aired right in time for Black Friday. Wow. So if we were your clients, um, what would be three tips you would give us um, I guess maybe you talked about investing our money. So what are yep. some tips that we can do um, to not only secure the bag, but maintain the bag or yeah. invest the bag, you know, <clears throat> during Black Friday or any other time of the year? Great, great. So I actually wrote it down, right? So number one, what I wrote down is, and it's just rule of thumb. It can, you can use it for Black Friday or you can use it for your life. I got this from the book I called, uh, the book I read called Richest Man in Babylon, right? For anybody that's looking at this, definitely go get that book. It's a dope book. Um, so continue to pay yourself first, I wrote down. 10% at least. Don't go broke for the holidays. So what I mean by that is whatever you get paid, whether you're in sales, commission, nine to five, you get paid cash. Start if you're not already doing it, at least 10%. If you can't do 10%, just something. Pay yourself first. I didn't used to do that years ago. It's kind of like we work backwards, especially in the African-American community. We go buy everything we want first, and then we try to go take what we got left and put it in a savings account. Mm -hmm. So what you do is pay yourself first. Even if you got to pay bills, you know things tight. If it's $5 out of the check, and just put it in a shoebox or put it in a savings account and then go take care of everything else. The reason why you're doing that is, is because eventually you paying yourself first and you're not touching it, that money will start to add up. 
But the most important thing is you're going to build a habit of paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. So as you get raises at your jobs or new um, opportunities to make more money, if you've been paying yourself first for so long, it's just going to be a habit. And you'll start doing that the more money that you make. Mm -hmm. You might start paying yourself first with $5, but then what if your, your income increase and you paying yourself first turns into you putting taking $500 or $20, you know, and you building a nest egg. So I would say the first tip is pay yourself first. Um, the second thing is uh, I put don't buy a lot of things that can't produce you any income or yield you a return. It okay. makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and for example, buy you something for Black Friday. Man, go go buy an asset. You know, buy you a vending machine, a candy machine, mm -hmm. uh, a mutual fund. If you don't know what a mutual fund is, get with a local uh, financial advisor, a coach, somebody like myself. And ask them what a mutual fund is. Um, get you a trust fund. Start a trust fund. You can start a trust fund for your kids or, um, or grandkids with as little as $25 a month. Let that be a present to them for Christmas um, as a present, you know. Mm -hmm. So use Black Friday as a way, like you said, Alexia, to invest back into yourself or your family or your friends versus going buy a lot of uh, liabilities because for the most part what do, what do we use black friday for what do most people go buy for black friday a tv a tv right so they just they all they do is they just mark the tvs down they still get a lot of money when you buy them um on you know for for half off but the thing is you buy a tv you watch the tv it might serve its purpose but then after a while it's like you're not as excited the, the excitement wall Mm -hmm. But if you done bought you a vending machine or a candy machine or something that can make you money, mm -hmm. now you're excited because you're making residual income. Um, you don't have to physically be there. Like you say, you're going to buy you a mic. Mm -hmm. So you think about how excited you're going to be to have a new mic. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make your confidence go to another level. You're going to want to go get some more interviews scheduled, you know. So mm -hmm. for Black Friday, I would encourage a lot of people, man, to invest back in themselves, whether it's a trust fund or something that can yield you some money. And if you don't have any ideas, Google, you know, everything on Google, Google, what are some good ways I can make um, residual income? And then use that money that you was going to go buy that TV and go spend it on something that'll make you um, some residual income. Yes. That's the second tip. Okay. Did you have any questions before the third? The third I mean, tip? these are so good. I don't want you to stop. So Okay, okay, okay. I get excited about this. Um, I said also for Black Friday, purchase uh, financial literacy, audio, um, or physical books. Buy a self-help book. You know, with me, I'll, I'll tell your connectors and you, one thing that I always do, I take 10% of my commission sales and I invest it back into myself some kind of way. Sometimes it might be a new dress shirt. Um, a new tie, or it might be a new self-help book, or it might be uh, a new a new ink pen, something that I could just invest back into myself, right? Uh, some examples of some books I'm talking about, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, uh, Dave Ramsey is a financial coach, uh, Susie Orman, um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So go, while everything is on sale, Man, don't instead of going running to Best Buy, go run to Barnes and Nobles. That makes sense. Uh, and and go get you some self help books. If you're not the physical type of person that like to read a physical book, have it audio when you're working out. Turn your car into a classroom. That's what I was taught. So you might want to put on that Jay Z or that Beyonce or whoever your favorite artist is. But boom, man, for about 15, 20 minutes, if you bought yourself. Uh, an audio book or, or audio motiva motivation, 
you can listen to that on the way to work or on your way to do something. And you just start changing your thinking mm-hmm. before the new year comes comes around. So, yeah, the third tip would be use Black Friday to, to uh, invest into yourself uh, from an audio book or from a self-help book. But overall, use Black Friday to invest back into yourself. Whew. I'm shook. I'm because <laughs> like seriously I'm even though I'm a lawyer and I read all day I cannot stand reading like wow. it's one of my least favorite things to do now um, you didn't tell me you was a lawyer you just kind of threw that in and kept talking like, yeah like, what kind yeah. of lawyer are you um, well, I'm a contract <laughs> analyst, so I read contracts, I negotiate contracts. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, I, I enjoy my job. But even though I do that, I read all day. Yeah. I love audio, but yeah. I don't tend to buy the audio books. And I right. do listen to the latest. Yes, I just listen to good news. My girl Meg the Stallion did her thing. Okay, um, I heard I heard it go hard. You know, so I'm yeah. very quick to listen to music all day and podcast, obviously. Um, but I don't ever think about listening to audio books because I would listen to them. Um, do and you love do you love music? I love music, yes. So what if now I'm getting your opinion. Okay. So what if what if it was a dope audio book that came out, but instead of the person just talking and it's just audio, what if it has some banging beats behind it? Hmm. Okay, because I am I'm a sucker for a good beat. So if, think about a good beat, but then you got somebody saying something motivational over the beat. They're not rapping, they just talking. So the beat is just like the bed of the whole audio book. Mm. But it's but it's it's just beats playing while somebody is giving you life tips or financial tips. Do you think that would catch your attention if the beats were fire and they was giving some good some good information? That reminds me actually of Raekwon. Um he has a Zen meditation um, mm. music or even Lundrell. He's an artist as well. And he has a whole album of meditation music. And it's wow. him like a guided, some are guided, like um, Raekwon's is a guided meditation album. So wow. that kind of reminds me, like that puts me in the same mind frame of what you were just saying. And I think because I do listen to Laundrell like all the time, I think right. I would, because I, I am already in that I'm trying, I'm working with a financial advisor now, you know, getting my credit up, but right. I'm also not only investing with like equipment, but I'm also interested in, you know, investments like property. Yeah real estate and you know stuff like that so if i had that playing you know that's 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 one of my goals for next year is to put Mm -hmm. out a uh audio book but have some beats behind it Mm -hmm. just for people that want to because i know sometimes you don't want to turn your car into a classroom because you want to hear that megan a stallion song right so it's like man what if i can get that same megan a stallion feel because the beat sounds so good but also it might have, uh, have you heard of E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher? I have not. Uh, name somebody who audio you've heard of. Uh, have you heard of Les, Les Brown? Yes. 
Les Brown. So imagine Les Brown over like a Megan and Stallion beat, and he giving you like some motivation, but you got the beat in the background. It's like two meetings, two things at the same time. Yeah. You know? so, okay. Uh, but okay. yeah, audio books, I would definitely say, man, that, that if you don't like reading, because I get it, you're a lawyer, man, audio book, and you ain't got to do the whole day, man. Five minutes, 10 minutes on your way to your office or wherever you mm -hmm. go, that should be enough to kind of feed your soul. And, you know, you can listen periodically throughout the day. Yeah, because I do enjoy audio. Like I wake up on the dot, six o'clock, I turn on my, my radio, my phone, I'm listening yeah. to the Breakfast Club. After yeah. that, like I'm listening to either, you know, a live podcast or someone talking or yeah. something. So I, I think I would be interested. So please, like when you drop that, I want to be on the first person list to know I so I can blast that in my ears. Yes, please. I got you. You got my word. I got you. Whenever okay. I drop it, you definitely be on the list. Yes, okay. ma'am. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, but these tips, um, I I don't know. Do you want to answer some questions now or do you want to go on a quick trip? It don't matter. This your show. I'm just grateful. So we could do whatever you feel like, whatever you I'm, I'm an open book. So I'm with it. OK, well, on this segment, we are going to any part of the world. And this segment mm. is called Where in the World? Where in the world would you go if you're offered a ticket? I have a ticket here. Um, right. And you can go anywhere in the world, including outer space. Someone has gone outer space. Um, okay. Where would you go? Who would you bring with you? Or who would you visit? And why would you go there? I will let you know where I would go just to give you a little time to think. Okay. I would go to Dubai. Mm. Um, I just read something. I, I should say I would go back to Dubai. One, because I miss it so much. Um, and actually, connectors, you will get an inside listen to Abu Dhabi. Um, or I, sh I should say an experience from an Emirati from Abu Dhabi, but mm. I would go to, let's just say the United Arab Emirates. I'm not going to say just Dubai. I would go to the UAE because they supposedly have been the number one country in the world to do the best at COVID or preventing COVID, not spreading COVID. I just looked today and they've only had like two deaths in the past couple days. And wow. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of that country. Um, yeah. One of the first things I remember hearing about the UAE when COVID became a thing was that one of the shakes, I can't remember which one, but he said that he has enough um, medical equipment for all of their residents there. And I'm like, wow, that's a wow. total blessing. Total that's a blessing. real blessing. So if I could, I would go to the UAE. I would get all of my people on the plane and we'd go and stay in a villa somewhere so we can be safe until this whole COVID goes away or at least someone finds a cure. So right. that's what I um. Man, I was gonna choose Dubai. I've heard okay. so many, 
so many great things about Dubai and just the technology is so mm -hmm. advanced and people are wealthy out there and it's a lot of opportunity. But since you chose Dubai, I would say now, I would say China. Okay. Um, just because I love traveling and meeting new people, I would wanna, I would wanna know uh, what type of environment do they have in China? No, I'm lying. I'm saying China, no. I am. I'm, I'm, I do want to do China, but Africa. Okay. So uh, I definitely want to go to Africa just to see what the roots is like. I've been doing my research and I've heard some pretty Africa is very beautiful. It's not what they show us on TV. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of people, out, a lot of opportunities out there as well. But also I'm starting to fall in love with the Afro, the Afro beats and the Afro artists, um, mm -hmm. that type of music. Mm -hmm. So I told myself before I close my eyes, I would like to go live for a year in Africa and create an album, an Afrocentric album in Africa, you know, and maybe start a business out there. So I would say Africa. I would really want to learn where I come from, mm -hmm. the heritage, the people, and really connect with the people out there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, on a previous episode, we connected with a business barrister, a Nigerian business barrister. Mm. So I would definitely, I've been to Nigeria. I really wow. would like to go to, I don't know, South Africa. Um, I believe we're going to connect with a singer in South Africa um, in a future episode. I would love to go to South Africa. Um, I was Nigeria. Oh, it was beautiful. Like, like you said, people often think, oh, it's just poverty and lions are everywhere. And yeah, no. Now, granted, there is poverty. Yeah, that exists. Right. And it is more blatant than here. Oh. Um, but there is also wealth. And like some of the homes are, I would say, more like gorgeous than the ones here. Yeah. So I would highly recommend. And then like being in a country where everywhere you look, you know, somebody looks like you. Right. That was just comforting. Right. Um, I'm a foodie. So I ate the food and I, yeah, was like, I love oh, eating too. My God, like this is it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. Yes. Please, please. Go. I'm definitely going to go to Africa. My goal, I mean, obviously we in COVID now, right? But man, I'd love to go next year. But I, this is not nothing like five to 10 years from now. I'm like, because my goal is to start performing around the world with my music anyway. But I would love to go travel and just, you know, uh, get to see what Africa is. You know what it looked like out there. Meet mm -hmm. some people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be cool for you. Um, yeah. I'm gonna so, do it, and I'm gonna let you know what my experience is like when I when I come back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, you know what? I think I I've been saying this for I don't know how long, but I want to do an eat, pray, love type of trip. Have you ever seen that movie or read the? I think it's a book as well. But mm. she goes like different countries, and it's like a spiritual thing. And she also does she eats all the food, and she just it's like a 
a moment to rebirth herself, to become like a new person, right. or, or really getting in touch with her true self, really. Right. And I would like to do something like that, but like travel all of Africa. So start, you know, South, the West Africa, go down right. South, go up East and into Egypt, and then maybe go on over into Europe. But right. yeah, I can see, I can see that being a thing. I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. It's already in my mind. I'm gonna do it. Okay. Okay. So perfect question for you then, before we okay. actually get into some question, uh, listener questions. Preparing okay. for a trip, okay? We are, again, in a pandemic where people are not, maybe you have a job, but you're not getting a pay raise, but what? you would like to take your family on a trip next year. How mm -hmm. do you think, what is the best way to save for a trip? like that like and of course you know going out of the country you're not just going to pay for a flight you're going to pay for hotel you're going to pay for the adventure of being there so right. what do you think is the best way to <clears throat> prepare for a trip financially that's a great question i would definitely say um open you was called a and once again you can get your money coach or financial advisor, but you want to start a short, a short term savings account, you know, mm -hmm. and not at the bank, you know, with somebody that, that does investments. Right. Mm -hmm. And what that means is you'll actually be putting your money um, in an account that's gaining more interest than the bank gives you. Uh, but it won't be gaining a lot of interest, but it's a short term savings account. People usually use it for um, like if they want to go buy a rental property or if they're trying to save some money to invest or if they're trying to save for a trip. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you go start that account, because out of sight, out of mind, discipline. Most of the time, we, we make enough money to go on those type of trips, even if we feel like we paycheck to paycheck. But the $7 or $10 a day we waste on hamburgers or, you know, just whatever, it adds up to two, three, four hundred $400 a month. If we was to put that three, four hundred $400 a month away for three, four or five months, we'll have the trip money. So when you go start an account like that and you get it to where they can draft your account or, or get it out of your paycheck, it's out of sight, out of mind, and, you, and it's going strictly into that account that, that you can call it a, a, a vacation account, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and it's called a short-term investment, a short-term money account, because most people, when they think of investments, they think of long-term, and you know, if you do a long-term investment, mm -hmm. you get penalized and you start trying to take money out. Mm -hmm. So- a short-term investment account, they don't penalize you for taking the money out because you started the account with the sole purpose of you're going to have to dip into it in a short amount of time, which might be six months, a year, or a year and a half or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say that. Put discipline, basically discipline. You want to open up an account where they're drafting it. I recommend where they draft it already out your account or out your paycheck, and then you don't have to worry about trying to save the money yourself because most people, if they got cash, or they got their debit card, they swiping away or they spending away. Yeah. You know. Guilty. Yeah. We all guilty. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not above it. I have eleven year olds, so food will be cooked at the house, but he like, you know, after practice is like, man, daddy, can I get some McDonald's or something like that? You know, mm -hmm. but um, so I would say that and also I guess what would be another tip is um, like I say, go back to paying yourself first. 
So if you pay yourself first and you're taking a little bit out of your, your check every time, 10% or whatever it is, all that money adds up. You just got to have the discipline to say, hey, man, I'm not going to buy no fast food today. I'm going I'm to eat. I'm going to bring lunch to work, you know, things like that. Small ways you can cut costs so you can save for that vacation. Mm -hmm. But it starts with a plan. Write all your expenses down, how much you could put away. If you see it, because most people are visual, if you see how much money you literally waste, and I'm talking right, just take a week or a month and write down what you spend every, and you'll see it. Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's a, 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 a piece of bubble gum, okay. write down, and you'll add up and you'll see how much money you let get away. Because mm -hmm. now it's in your face. Mm -hmm. It's not in your face when you swipe the card, mm -hmm. right? Am I lying? You're but not, and I'm turning my nose up because... <laughs> Yeah, connectors, if you can't see me, I am turning my nose up because this is the same thing my financial advisor told me. <clears throat> Shout out to Jocelyn. Like, yeah. she's so good at what she does. And she tells me the same thing, account for it. And I'm like, but I'll remember. And I don't remember. And then by the end of the month, I'm over my budget. Right. So, yeah. Sometimes we don't want to look at the truth, man. If you start writing it down and you see it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Truth hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say that. I would say definitely set up an account where they can draft it directly out of your account or mm -hmm. out your paycheck or just discipline yourself to start doing like your financial advisor tell you um, account for everything you're spending. And if you got the discipline, you could start putting the money away yourself, saving it. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to some listener letters. Um, if you don't mind. Oh, that's fine. Connectors. If you have a question, um, just email info.ampsconnected at gmail.com and you can get your questions answered by myself or an upcoming artist. Or if you just have a question about the show, email me. All right, Coach Chris, here is the first question. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hi, Coach Chris. I am interested in investing my money. I've heard about this Forex thing, but I don't know too much about it. Do you recommend I... What does she say here? Do you... I'm sorry. Do you recommend I join? I guess that's what she meant. Um, okay, great. So number one, I've heard of Forex. I've had people that I know that are, um, that are friends or associates of mine that are in it and they seem to be doing pretty well. Um, it's definitely a legit company It's definitely legit. Um, I haven't had any personal experiences with it, so I can't tell anybody to not do it or do it, but I would say if you are considering to get into any business or any type of investment opportunity, um, do your research. And when I say do your research, more than just Google, try to better business bureau, bureau see if the company is legit. Um, get with somebody local that you can put hands on or somebody you know that's doing it and see what their track record looks like. Mm -hmm. See if they're legit. Um, and just do your research, do your due diligence before you jump into something um, like that. And I would also just say, man, ask yourself, why, what would be the reason you're getting into it? What is your why? I think she, you said her why is she wants to invest her money, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I've heard some people do amazing from Forex. So I know it's a legit company and it's a legit opportunity. Just make sure you connect with somebody that's going to show you the process and not just kind of um, just make like go by the wayside or tell you to go watch a bunch of videos. I would rather something like that. I need to be hands on. Like I need yeah. you to teach me, you know, whether it's through Zoom or you come and show me what it is that I'm doing. I don't, you can't just sit me in front of a computer and tell me to watch 20 videos on something mm -hmm. I have no idea about. Yeah. So do your research to her. I would say, do your research, find someone that's really doing it. They don't have to be doing it at a high level, but they may income off of it. They can pay some bills. They're seeing some success from it. And then I would say, you know, you, you can't lose. I mean, it's, you have nothing else to lose, you know, give it, give it a shot. And mm -hmm. if you don't like it, you always can, can bag out, bag mm -hmm. out of it, you know? True. That's but true. don't just go blindly throw your money at something that you haven't done your research on. Mm -hmm. um, I actually was, I think the first time I heard about Forex was during this time, like the pandemic. Correct. And I was like, ah, I don't know about this either. Like if it were like the pyramid, the pyramid schemes, you know, cause a lot of people started doing that too, making, yeah. you know, pay $50, you get 5,000 back. And I'm like, how does that really work? Um, right. So, okay. So that's good to know like that, at least the money man, he okays it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I do know Forex is definitely legit. It's legit. I know some real people that I'm cool with. They're actually in the same business that I am. They're money coaches. They just added Forex to their resume. Mm -hmm. With me, I actually wanted to get involved into it. But right now, my goal is to become a broker here in Baton Rouge with my life insurance business. So all of my energy is going into that. And I just don't want to be spreading myself thin trying to do five, ten different things, you know. Mm -hmm. But I do know for a fact it's a legit company. But even within, if, if I make a decision to kind of go dip into that, Mm -hmm. I already have people I know that's been doing it. They're able to pay their bills with their forex money. Oh, I would wow. get them to show me yeah. hands on how to do it versus me just kind of throwing my money at something with a person that I've never met in my life that I haven't mm -hmm. built no relationship with. If that makes that's sense. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, another question. Hi, Coach Chris. I have an eight-year-old and I want to teach him everything I didn't have as a as a child growing up. Mm -hmm. Primarily, I want to teach him financial responsibility. What mm -hmm. is the best way to teach an eight-year-old finance, financial responsibility? Right. So that's a great question. I have like a cheat sheet because like I'm in the financial business. So I just kind of take what I learned and I kind of spoon feed it to my son through casual conversation. Mm. But I know that's kind of like a cheat sheet for me because for someone that's not a financial coach, um, they're trying to learn the information as well and teach it. Where I, whereas I've already kind of learned it and all I got to do is teach. So one thing I seen my best friend, one of my best friends showed me this the other day. He actually went and bought Robert Kiyosaki's uh, financial literacy board game. Okay. So, or I'm, I'm, I'm about to order it for my son as well. So I would say start looking for Google financial literacy, uh, uh, you know, creative ways to teach a kid financial literacy. And mm -hmm. there's so many ways out there, but I think a board game would be something that's dope just because mm -hmm. of the simple fact it's intriguing 
it keeps their mind, you know, and it's not boring because they won't know if I try to teach it to an eight-year-old the way that I teach it to adults when they're at my office. Not saying that it would go over their head, but it wouldn't be as exciting. Yeah. You know, but if a board game can teach you, then it's more exciting. And then after you play the board game, that's when you can sit them down and then you have a debrief. You can say, okay, you seen when you did this on the board game, Mm -hmm. this means this. I do that. I do that with my son. I teach him about ownership and, you know, I teach him about uh, profit and loss. It's like, okay, man, you want to be in business like that. Okay. This is how much you spending on the shirt. How much did you spend on the shirt? Okay. This is how much you selling it for. How much money did you just make? Mm-hmm. And then I teach him how, when you break even, when you're in profit, when you're in the loss, but he's 11. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say start with some board games and I would say specifically Robert Kiyosaki's financial literacy board game you can go to his website and i think i i will start from there you know um and just do the and things like that have you ever played monopoly i you know what i was just thinking about that like wondering if it was like monopoly i haven't played it yet but it's crazy monopoly was teaching us not so much as financial literacy but monopoly was always teaching us about assets and liabilities Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but it was so fun to own property and make somebody cash out and lose their money from paying you and you just never we never knew as kids that it was teaching us about life Mm -hmm. but now if i go back and i play monopoly now with my financial literacy backing it's gonna mean so much more to me now you know Mm -hmm. um so I know if it gets me excited to play Monopoly uh, as a grown man, I know a child would love to play a board game that's teaching them about money. And trust me, if an eight-year-old is like my 11-year-old, right now they play Fortnite. They be needing what's called V-Bucks. And do you have kids? I don't. You don't. So the the trending thing is Mm V-Bucks and everything. I had to get my son a Cash App account because, you know, when he's with his mom, I'm like, he'll... Dad, can I have $10 for NBA 2K or whatever? And I'll cash app it to him. Mm-hmm. But then recently I was like, hey, man, look, after this week, you're going to have to start earning the $10 because I'm giving it to you. And I don't want you to think that's how life works, you know? Yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, what's her name? Sorry, this is Casey. Casey. Shout out to Casey. That's a great question. I think we all need to be uh, focused on that because it has to start somewhere. Financial literacy wasn't taught in my house which me and my mom didn't know financial literacy. You can't teach something that you don't know. So the simple fact she want to teach her AO is great. Mm-hmm. Now after mm-hmm. she teach her AO, the next thing she has to do is, which we don't do as well as an African-American community, we have to teach our kids to when they get to our level that they need to teach as well. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be the first uh uh, first generation millionaire in my family. Mm-hmm. But what good is it if I don't teach my son he gets all of my wealth and he squanders it away. All of my sweat equity was for nothing. So not only do we need to teach our kids, but then after we teach them, we need to teach them to teach as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it can keep going on and on, you know? Yeah. And um, for the last question, I'm going to, because you've said so much and I have so many questions. So I'm sorry, listeners, that I've only- I'm sorry if I'm (laughs) long-winded. I I used to get in class. (laughs) You are perfect. You're not talking too much. You're talking just enough. Um, But like teaching our kids financial literacy and you even mentioned earlier that you quit your job, right? Yeah. And you said that you're on your way to becoming a millionaire or you're a millionaire. And 
for myself, I love like L O V E my job. I love it so much, but if I could quit right now and like do my job as a side hustle and do just what you did, I would, but I don't know how, like, I love podcasting. I'm also a singer. I'm, you know, about oh, wow. to, yeah. And I'm about okay. to take the Indiana bar. So I, you know, can practice law here. So there's so much that I want to be able to do, but at the same time, my job as a contract analyst is paying for everything. Yeah. How do I get from my nine to five, or really it's my seven to 10 paying, you know, how can I move from that job to doing just what you did working for myself? Right. So, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very transparent. One thing about me, anybody that know me personally, um, I don't ever want to mislead people. I, I like to keep my word when I'm talking to people. So, the good thing is I made that jump. I, I made the jump right years ago, about seven years ago, and I left my job and I went full-fledged into um, the financial industry. Now, what I didn't say was due to me not understanding business because I come from a poverty environment, I just was a natural hustler. Hustling, you can't treat a business opportunity like a hustle. Mm-hmm. So I had to, Alexa, watch this. I went back to my job, not that specific job, but multiple jobs, about five different times, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not because I was lazy, but because I didn't understand business. My mentor was holding my hand, but certain things I had to learn on my own. I had to bump my head. For one, I had never in my life had um, survived off a commission. I always was used to having a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So when I first went full time in my business, I had no safety net, right? Um, the, the blessing in that was I got great in sales real fast because that's how I had to feed my family. The other side to that was when I started running into financial problems, I had nothing to fall back on from a financial standpoint. So um, what I, I'm saying all that to say, it wasn't peaches and cream when I left my job the very first time. Mm-hmm. So for any of your connectors out here that's watching this, if you had to leave your job to pursue your passion or your dreams and you and you and you and you're faced right now with having to go back or you had to go back, don't beat yourself up. I used to beat myself up. But sometimes as an entrepreneur, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it got harder every time I went back. The first time I went back, I was excited. I'm like, hey, I lasted for a year and a half. I was free. The freedom is amazing, I'm going to tell you. Right? Mm -hmm. The second time I went back, it was kind of rough because I had got stretched. I was getting mentored by millionaires. Mm -hmm. I was free. Now I got got a boss again. Mm -hmm. So every time I went back to a job, it got harder and harder because mentally I was, I had already transitioned into an entrepreneur, but now I was punching a clock, but I was thinking like a business owner, yeah. which was very, it, 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 it was causing a shift. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there before I answer your question, but the way that you can leave your job and, and make your passion um, pay you is literally when you get off work. And I know it sounds cliche, that, but everybody says it like when you get out of work, you got That's when the real work starts because mm-hmm. whatever it is that you love, now you got to go extra hard at that, and you have to go extra hard at that until the income in that starts to pay you. At least I would say, because I don't think it's a right or wrong answer to leaving your job. I would say at least to you, you're confident that you can start making 
whatever it is that you need to make at your job, you you making that with your side hustle every month. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? To where you know for a fact, hey, if I put in this amount of sweat equity, I'm going to make this much from my side hustle and I'll be okay. I won't need my job, you know, mm -hmm. and it could be a slow progression. Mm -hmm. Some people, I just jump with no parachute. I've always been a risk taker. Other people, they like to have calculated risk, meaning you could start with your side hustle. When you see that you're making, let's say, half of the income you're making at your job from your side hustle, that don't mean quit your job. That means now you might can go to your boss at your job and say, hey, can I start working part time? instead of full time. Mm -hmm. And you kind of work your way off the job to fire your boss. With me, yeah. I didn't do none of that. I jumped with no parachute. I just, I was, I was ready to be free. And the guy that was mentoring me, he didn't work a job. So I seen how free he was able to move around Baton Rouge all day. He influenced me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to be able to go to Twin Peaks and have a drink or TJ ribs at, at 10 a.m. or yeah. noon versus running to go getting a 30 minute lunch line at McDonald's for my lunch break, you know, or having a boss tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. So I would say, man, gradually you got to make that side hustle income go up. If your side, if you're not seeing really no money from the side hustle income, then you can't prove to yourself that you're going to be able to operate without the job. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes um, you hear a lot of gurus that get on YouTube and they say, man, if you hate that job, quit it and all that. And these people be financially straight. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying they didn't do it, but I've seen so many people uh, try to jump with no parachute like me and they it, it crushed them. They had to go back to their job. And not only that, they just stopped doing the side hustle all together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, everybody not going to be strong like you or like me to keep going to have their fortitude. So I would say, man, make sure that your side hustle, whatever it is that you're passionate about, you're starting to see some income from it, from it. And you starting to see enough income where you could pay a few bills yeah. that builds your confidence up. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you got to be real with yourself, if you're not making enough income to at least pay a bill or two, your car note, at least your rent or where you stand or your mortgage, if you got a house, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't, re I wouldn't recommend nobody just to jump off a of sheer emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you have to turn right back around and you have to go back to the gig when really you want to, you want to get paid from your passion. You know, mm -hmm. I know that was a long drawn out deal, but I feel like you got to start seeing some income from your side hustle before you even make a decision to even think about leaving your job. You got to prove to yourself that you can last because yeah. you become a hunter. You a hunter when you when you when you leave your job. Like every you gotta work as hard for yourself um when you leave your job like you did at your job. You just because you don't work for nobody don't mean that you could sleep to 2 p.m., 3 p.m. in the daytime. Mm -hmm. You gotta get up and you gotta work hard to build your business mm -hmm. until you're able to uh to kind of like have a little bit of freedom. Freedom ain't free. It's not. It ain't it ain't it's, it's, not. Not, it's not free. You have you have to earn your freedom. Hmm. I like that. I loved that you said fire your boss. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could one day. Um, I mean, shout yeah. out to my boss. Um, all of my, I really, I was blessed to be where I'm at right now. And I work with like a really, really good group of people. Um, but I, I'm starting to have that same feeling. Like when I was in school 
where I'm working towards something like, you know, it's legit what I'm doing, but right. I have this, I had a passion, I, I'm a singer. And when I was in school, I wasn't able to, you know, do any gigs really. And so I was like, Lord, I really want to sing. And then boom, um, one of my bands just came, they're like, come sing with us. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, right. And so now I'm having like that same feeling like I love my podcast. I love connecting with people all over the world, just right. in different, you know, ven not venues, just different fields. Like I get knowledge as well. These tips on how I can secure my bag. You know, I love yeah. doing this. If I can talk to people like this yeah. all day, of course, like, you know, we've been in Zoom meetings since March and it's a little bit tired now, but Get right. to know people and investing in my podcast, investing in my music. I really want to do that. But then I also know that I I have a lot to do, you know, for my people. And so maybe that does mean working a nine to five. But if I did have the opportunity to, I'm I'm ready to fire my boss. And right, right, right. No, shout out to your boss, man. Um, yeah. I'm excited for you. Uh, just a sidebar. I love this platform already, man. I, I, I've already said a silent prayer. I, any platform I go on, I just say a silent prayer for people where it, it just magnifies, you know, um, because I can tell you very passionate about it. And man, I'm very spiritual. I know everybody might not believe in God per se, but if you believe in a higher power, mm -hmm. I say I always tap into whoever, whoever or whatever you believe in and ask for guidance. You know, mm -hmm. I got into the financial business because I hit my knees and I prayed God and I to God and I asked him seven years ago to bless me with an extra hustle. Mm -hmm. um, and God, you know, if you believe in God, you know, yeah. uh, he's very specific. He wants you to be specific. I had never been that specific. See, there's a difference between saying, man, I want to make more money. Well, he'll send a lot of opportunities your way. But I said I needed an extra hustle. Mm -hmm. And this this is money coach Chris came to me, but it wasn't a hustle. I treated it like a hustle. It started off like a hustle, but it became something bigger than myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I've never been a basher of jobs. I've mm -hmm. had over 47 jobs. Some people, they get into the entrepreneur lifestyle, what I don't like, and they start acting like working a job is beneath them. And they yeah. start acting like they never was an employee years ago. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm humble. Mm -hmm. So working jobs, I've literally been a janitor scrubbing toilets. Mm -hmm. So it don't get any lower than that. And I say that to say, you know, when you think of that type of situation, I, I empathize and I sympathize with people who really want to leave their job, but they also love their job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you got to use your job as an advantage, mm -hmm. meaning you got to, if you're making money from your job, meaning you're getting a paycheck, that's another source of income. Mm -hmm. You know, use that income if you're not, if it's not that tight and you're not paycheck to paycheck, use some of your income from your nine to five money and invest it into your side hustle, mm -hmm. you know, to make that side hustle become your main hustle, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so don't be ashamed of it, but it's so many people that love their job, mm -hmm. but it's like, man, I love what I do outside of my job as well. And it's like, it's hard because it's like, how do I turn what I love, what I would do for free into something I'm getting paid for. Mm -hmm. And I can, what I do at my job, I can just kind of do this when I feel like it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know everybody battle with that. I battle with it. 
you know, that's why I went into Money Coach Chris. It's like, man, God, I love being on stage. Yeah. I love rapping. I love being in the studio. I love writing. I love touching the people. I love being on the road. Mm -hmm. I can't do that if I'm working 60 hours a week for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for anybody that's watching this, man, you know, pray. Definitely pray and ask, you know, um, to, to order your footsteps. Ask whoever it is you pray to, to order your footsteps and show. Because they, the they will show you what to do every time. God shows me what to do. He gives me signs every time. And I think that'll help you in your journey. He'll, he'll line up the right people for you to meet, to help you and, and, and guide you along the journey. Yeah. You know, if I'm just getting, that's, that's the spiritual part of me when I don't know which way to go, I just pray. And then, you know, I just kind of follow suit after that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now I stand in agreement with that coach, Chris, even if um, connectors, you may not be um, a follower of God, but God, source, spirit, whatever higher power, I still think it's still the same. Correct. That if you are in alignment with what the higher power, what spirit wants for you, then it will work out and just lean on God's or spirit universe. Right. To, yes. You know, let, let them know that you are following and that you are relying on that power. Um, I, yeah, I stand in total, total agreement with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's real. And, you know, the pandemic is real, you know, mm -hmm. it's people that what we're talking about is so much needed because it's people that didn't have six months of their income saved. Mm -hmm. It's people that have lost their jobs, lost family members, um, and they're about to lose their faith, lose their, their mind, mm -hmm. you know, um, so we're in a time where, you know, people saying, man, either I need to start my side hustle and bet on myself, or they already started a side hustle. They're starting to take, to take it more serious because at a point, I don't know if you remember, it was a point during this pandemic where everything was shut down. And what I mean, mean is there wasn't cutting, they weren't, they weren't cutting unemployment for a little minute. If anybody was on welfare, there wasn't give, they wasn't giving food stamps for like a week or two or a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if you didn't have your own personal money, you kind of just was stuck, mm -hmm. you know, you wasn't getting food stamps and you wasn't getting unemployment. And if you wasn't working for self, you kind of just was stuck, mm -hmm. you know, and that that showed me, which I already knew it showed me, OK, I can never put my family's uh, life and their future in someone else's hands. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to always be the, di the dictator. Mm -hmm. um, and I always one of my famous quotes, I say the risk taker is the decision maker. Mm -hmm. The risk taker is always the decision maker, mm -hmm. you know, so to anybody that has lost people during this pandemic, they went through a tough time. You know, my heart goes out to them. I had COVID and um, it, it wasn't nothing nice when I was sick as a dog. And being that I am uh, a money coach for those two, three weeks I had to quarantine, I couldn't make any money. I couldn't I couldn't physically go hustle and build my, my business because I was down and out and I was quarantining, you know, so I know that it's very hard for people out here and it's waking people up to say, man, if this ever happened again, I need to be prepared, you know, mm -hmm. meaning I need to have some money saved. I need to have some investments in place. I need to have my side hustles, two or three side hustles while I'm making some money. Cause if something close to this pandemic happens again mm -hmm. or something in this same sit or the same exact situation, mm -hmm. I ain't got to worry about, man, 
Are they going to approve me for unemployment? I ain't got to worry about, man, I lost my job today. You could say, hey, man, I had six months of my income saved. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to be able to survive. And my side hustle is, let's say your side hustle is recession proof, meaning, you know, no matter what pandemic or whatever we in, you got the type of business you've built where people are going to still need to come to you. You know, mm -hmm. people always need life insurance and investment. So even during the pandemic, my business slowed down a little bit. But if anything, uh, more people were looking into what I needed because they were scared if they got COVID mm -hmm. and they didn't have insurance, was their family going to get any wealth left yeah. behind? So, you know, my heart just goes out to anybody in, that has been affected in some form or fashion during the pandemic. But this is the time where you educate yourself financially. So if anything like this does happen again, um, your family will be straight and you'll be straight, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, Coach Chris, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to ask just two more questions. One. <laughs> What then, um, the numbers are rising again. It looks like we're going to go on shutdown. What yeah. do you think would be like a good passive income? So like yourself, so you won't have to go back into the office or yeah. just, you know, somebody like myself who I don't have like a real side hustle. Um, what could I do as a, as a pass for passive income? There's a few things out here. Uh, like I said, vending machines, candy machines. I keep plugging that because um, my best friend has a vending machine and candy machine business. Mm. Um, but also like online stores, merch now, drop shipping, I've heard. You know, people are, are not really going to the physical stores buying clothes anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you can have a business set up to where you have physical merch, but you have it to where it's set up online, um, and people can buy online and then you have a system to where the merch gets shipped out to them and you don't have to meet with them. That's a great way to make residual income, you know, um, and that's a good profit margin when you sell it, when you buying the merch from somewhere cheap and you're upselling it at a good price. That's good. Um, another good way to make some residual income. Uh, I heard Forex was a great way to make residual income. You know, you're not physically having a move around and trade your time for money per se. Mm -hmm. um, your money is in the market. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ways. Uh, it's so many different ways you can make residual income. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, are, what are some ways that you've heard of that you might have not been uh, kind of skeptical about or maybe you, don't, you haven't tried it to know if it works? Like, mm -hmm. give me some examples, maybe. Um, I'm not the, I'm not the coach, the money expertise here, but, um, yeah. I actually, maybe a year or two ago, I started investing in Bitcoin. Okay. Um, I've heard about Bitcoin. Yeah. I like the person who's doing the investment for me is a friend and I'm like, yeah, whatever, just keep everything until like one day I'm going to need my money. So he's like, yeah. hey, you're good girl. But like. I guess when I think about passive income, like I do think about drop shipping and yeah. I, can't, I can't recall the website now. Um, on, uh, Alibaba, I think that's the name. I've of heard of Alibaba. I've heard of Alibaba. Yeah. So I think that's the website where drop shipping, like you, you buy a bunch of stuff and then you sell it maybe on Amazon yeah. or something like that. Um, Kicks. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Like shoes. My cousin showed me yesterday an app. I forgot the name of it. 
uh, where you can buy shoes and you can upsell them. So mm -hmm. you might buy shoes, a pair of Jordans at a hundred or two hundred dollars, and then you just turn around and you know uh, you upsell them for four hundred because the demand is high. So you have that. Some of the residual income opportunities I know of, like what I'm in, life insurance investments, it can turn into a residual passive income thing, but you have to build it first, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. Um, so the vending machine and the candy machine I keep bringing up because those are things that kind of if they're if you get them in a good location, that's literally real passive income from from day one. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, then you have the other ways you can create passive income. Like with me, you become a broker, you train agents and sales and you teach them and you duplicate what you do. And then you get every time they make a sale, you make what's called an override because you train them just like in mm -hmm. real estate. Mm -hmm. If you're a real estate broker, you want to teach as many people how to sell houses because every time they sell a house, you make passive income, even though you wasn't physically there with them selling the house, you know. Mm -hmm. So being in a company where a brokerage model um, is implemented, where you can become a broker and you have other people you've trained, that's another good way to make passive income. It's just it's going to take a lot of sweat equity, and I don't apologize for that. It's going to take a lot of sweat equity on the front end, meaning you're going to have to do a lot of work to train and develop and deal with people. But once you got it built, then it's built. You can make passive income because people are always going to want to uh, make money and they're going to always want to go build their business. So uh, another good model to make passive income is, is becoming a broker, getting into a business where you can become a broker. But you, you're going you're gonna to have to uh, put in a lot of work to do that. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Um, I guess for the final question, Coach Chris, for mm -hmm. someone out there who is interested on in becoming a financial advisor, a money coach like yourself. Yeah. What advice can you give to them? I would say go do the research on, you know, what entails to become a money coach or a financial advisor. Uh, see what companies out there that would fit, I would say, um, that lines up with your morals, your character, integrity, what you stand for. I'm blessed to be a part of uh, number one financial company in the country, which is called Primerica Financial Services, right? But there's uh, we're not just the, the, the only company in the world, right? There's other companies. Um, but, you know, that's the company that I'm in business with, but there are other companies out there. So I would say, Find out what the mission statement is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, see if these if what is the reason you want to get into it? Is it just to make money or is it to just to ma make a difference? You know, um, and then you'll find the company just kind of like when you work in a job, you want to find a job that best suits you. But also something where where you kind of like you you roll with the values of their job and what their job stands for. So mm -hmm. um, even though I work for myself, you know, you becoming a financial advisor, find out what that what that company works for. And the reason why I say that is because some financial companies only focus on the wealthy people and nothing mm -hmm. is wrong with that. But if you come from poverty uh, and let's say you want to help middle-class people, but you're going to be a financial advisor for a company that doesn't per se focus on the small guy or the single mom or something like that, then you'll kind of be frustrated because you'll be going after the wealthy people when you really want to help people like yourself. Mm -hmm. So just make sure when you become a financial advisor, Find out the company you want to work with. If they line up with what you do and are you willing to put in the work, it's uh it's tests. You so you can't be afraid of the test. It's federally regulated, so you have to take a test. Um, but also you got to put in the work to understand the information. 
Mm -hmm. I'm from the hood. I didn't know anything about life insurance and investments. You see me dressed up now, Alexia. Yes. Man, if you would see some throwback Thursday pics of me mm -hmm. uh, as an artist, pants sagging, you know, diamonds in my mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had no idea that I'd be this person. I've always was been smart, but I didn't know I would be this person. So I thank God and to anybody that want to be a financial advisor out there, I would say Google what I, I go to Google. What is the top companies um, that 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 produce the best financial advisors? And if you ask that question, that'll let you know the system that they have is a great system to teach you on how to become an experienced. When you don't want to be a sloppy financial advisor mm -hmm. dealing with people's money, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and that's I'm, my best. okay. And I'm going to just edify you. Um, you said you were from the hood and you also said that you're not college educated. No, and I never went I am really proud that you are where you are. You know, humble beginnings. You are proven that you don't have to go to college, get a degree to be successful, but it takes determination, passion, consistency discipline right. to yeah. be where you are today so i appreciate that no i appreciate you man i'm excited i i, I will, man i i just pray that whoever was looking at this man that they was inspired in some mm -hmm. kind of way you know um it's not about me i'm just a vessel mm -hmm. uh, i would like to think that it's all about me but it's not you know uh I wanted to do all those things. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your plans and God has his plans. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to college. It mm -hmm. just never, every time I signed up for college, it just never went that way. You know, I want, I love working jobs, but mm -hmm. it just never was in it for me to, you know what I'm saying? So I tried every other way and, and it just didn't work for me. It was like, God wanted me right here, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I appreciate that, but it just, it just lets people know if you're watching this, um, you can be more than who you think you are and mm -hmm. you can be more than who people are telling you you can be. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be a rapper. I just wanted to write songs. That's it. I just wanted to be a rapper. But it was like I was selling myself short mm -hmm. and God had something greater for me. It's like you still can be an artist, yeah. but let's go help these people with financial literacy. Go connect with a single mom or a husband and wife or somebody that really need help but they need somebody to talk on their terms and not using big words, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's going to leave more of a legacy, I think, than just me being a rapper, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, to anybody out there that's watching this, I is, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm going to email you a, a link of my mixtape. It's called pandemic pressure. Okay. Um, I, I, I created it during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a campaign in Baton Rouge. It's called, I'm running for pandemic president. Um, okay. So I'm going around, I'm doing speaking engagements and I'm calling myself the pandemic president. I said, hey, if we can't depend on the leadership in this in this nation and people are kind of which side, who should I vote on? I said, hey, man, how about I lead? How about I lead the people through what I know how to do best, which is my speaking platforms and through my music. So for anybody that's listening to this or watching this, they can go to www.vote, the number four, B-O-X-X dot com. And you can find out not only about the financial side of me, but you can also get my mixtape pandemic pressure for free. And, and through the mixtape, Alexia, I'm teaching you how to get the bag, okay. secure the bag and invest the bag. But through my music, you know what okay. I'm saying? So you still going to get money, Coach Chris, but you're going to kind of get me on, on the rapping side, uh, not the suit and tie side. You're going to get me on the lyrical side. 
Okay, I like it. What do we say? Duality. <laughs> you can exactly. do both of them. <laughs> both. You got to be able to do both. You know hey. that, that makes you more valuable in the world. So mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate you, man. Is I'm very grateful to be on your show. You know. Thank you. Okay. Um, so coach Chris, you just gave us a website where else or how else can connectors continue to connect with you? Do you have any upcoming shows? What's your email address, Instagram, give everybody your. Yes. So specifically money coach, Chris, you can find me on Instagram at money coach, Chris, Facebook, money coach, Chris, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about me as an artist, you can go to www.votethenumber4boxx.com. But if you strictly want to, um, if you strictly want to stick to the financial side of what I do, Money Coach Chris on Instagram and Facebook, exactly how I said, M-O-N-E-Y-C-O-A-C-H-C-H-R-I-S. And, um, and you can follow me from there. Um, and you can, you know, I always do like updates on there and I'm about to start being more active on my page. So I'll be giving financial tips and things like that. For anybody that's watching this, I do free speaking engagements in terms of the money coach, Chris, I do churches. So, um, I do free financial game plans. I'll be able to sit down with you and put together a game plan for you. Totally free. I do appointments. I can do a zoom call or I can do face to face. So I'm open for it. So if anybody wants a game plan, I want to learn about life insurance, the different types, want to learn about investments, they can follow me on Money Coach Chris on Instagram or Facebook. You can DM me um, and you can set up a time with me. I'll reach out to you. Okay, then. And connectors, you know how to connect with me, my website, www.amsconnected.com. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at amsconnected, or you can email me info.amsconnected at gmail.com. Now, Coach Chris, do you yeah. want to leave us with a bar or two? Um, well, this is what I do. I do better than that. Okay. Instead of a bar or two, I would say um, go to my website, www.votefulbox.com, and definitely check out, you know, the, the full mixtape. The song that I rapped at the beginning is my campaign song called Faith Cry. It definitely will make you emotional. It's mm-hmm. it's the at the top of my website, at the top of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say go to the website and definitely check out Faith Cry. All right. Yes, well, ma'am. There you have it, connectors. You know what to do. Stay connected. <laughs>